I'm going to hit record here and I'm going to hit go live here. And hopefully this thing does its thing and it's going in five, right? Let's hope so. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham and with me today, of course, is the very absolutely fantastic Jojo, to whom I always say, hello Jojo. Hello Graham, how are you doing? <laughs> Jojo, I'm doing okay, so we are back this week. We had to take a, a, a little break last week. It seems like we've taken more breaks this year than, than we would like to, that we, we're accustomed to. And it, it's not necessarily always our fault. It's, it's because, you know, stuff happened, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, this is like the first year where things, as you could say, have been ever so slightly back to normal after COVID. Uh, it, not, yes. that, not that things completely are. But, uh, but yeah, you still got the... Still got some stuff to iron out and things to work through and lots of changes for both of us. So, yeah. Yes. And so that seems to be the case. And uh, but we're back this week and we are going to do our best. And this week we are reviewing the series Blockbuster. I want to call it a sitcom, a Netflix sitcom. It's called Blockbuster, starring the very beloved Randall Park, Melissa Fumero. And an absolutely fantastic little cast that I happen to kind of uh, fall in love with, to be honest with you, Jojo. So we are going to talk about this for a moment. But also we are going to be touching, because there's an, another thing I want to discuss. And I, I want to dedicate a part of this recording to, to talk about this, is are streaming channels really good at creating and producing sitcoms or is there an actual utility to network tv in that respect because i feel some type of way about this series even though i like this series but i feel some type of way about this series because there's something missing and to me that is what network tv does for for sitcoms that i can't quite find in streaming so we've all binge watched a sitcom on netflix or on hulu or anywhere. we've all done that but it is typically when the the sitcom from a network tv transfers to one of those. So those elements of network TV still there, those elements that I can't quite put my finger on, right? But when it is a sitcom that is produced and recorded and made for the actual streaming platform, I don't know, there's something about it that is missing. I don't find it quite appealing, even if the show is a very good one. So we'll be talking about this, Jojo. But tell me what you thought of it. So it took me a while to kind of get into this show. <laughs> I'll be honest. I thought that it was, I, I think some of my quibbles with it are, are similar to, to what you've just been discussing. But I 
it it kind of felt like at the beginning there every single line was was more plot exposition there's a, there's there's like a, a scene there's a there's a line from one of my favorite movies which is let's see uh, the the great muppet caper and miss piggy breaks into the office of diana rigg lady diana rigg who is is a uh, plays a fashion designer in this movie and for some reason, Diana Rigg decides to tell Miss Piggy the plot of the whole movie, basically. And Miss Piggy goes, why are you telling me all this? <laughs> and, and Diana Rigg, you know, of course, in character goes, it's plot exposition, darling. It has to go somewhere. <laughs> and that's kind of what I felt like through this whole thing. Like every so often there would be a line I was like, okay, I get it. We need to know more about these characters and this is how you're going to do it. But oh my God, don't shove it down my throat. <laughs> Yes, yes. Yeah, but there were, I, I have to say, there were some lines in here that really made me laugh. And um... Dude, yes, I found myself... So, so okay, my wife started watching this with me, right? Mm -hmm. And she was complaining the entire time, I don't like this, this is, this is stupid, this is not good, and whatever. And, you know, I've learned to stay with it, me, especially if, you, if I'm watching it to discuss on the show. So I'm like, okay, ooh, ooh, let, let's see how, how far I can go with this. And then... Like you said, there's a couple of lines that, you know, started appearing, you know, every now and then. And I'm like, oh, damn, I'm glad I stayed through this. <laughs> Look, we're, go we're going to have a lot to talk about on this show. <laughs> we're going to talk a lot about this one. But before we go any further, Jojo, mm -hmm. we haven't talked about this in a while. Did you watch anything interesting this week, uh, this past week, actually? I, well, I, I've only really watched my regular stuff. Uh, I haven't started anything new because uh, life and, 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 and health and fun things like that. But I have to say that this season of Bob's Burgers has been fantastic so far. <laughs> it is, it is really, really great. Uh, it's, it's available on Hulu. And I just, if you're not a Bob's Burgers fan, it's, it's fine. But I, I, I would love for everybody who is to, to give it a try. And, but this season has just been fantastic. So one of the better seasons I think I've seen in a while. <laughs> you know, the weird thing is, Jojo, I've been meaning to get into the Bob's Burger thing because it sounds like fun and I know so many people that blurred out lines from Bob's Burger and I know how much you know you like Bob's Burger because we've talked about almost every time we we talk about you know shows people should watch that you know shows that people have passed on like I like I do I've passed on Bob's Burger forever but I know that I should watch it because watch it because I you like it, uh, you know, and I know enough people that like it. So, what what season are they in right now? I think this is season. This is either season eleven or season twelve. If anybody is watching and wants to correct me or or uh, Google it and find out, but we're it's it's getting up there in age. Uh, not quite Simpsons level, but yeah, it's lasted much longer than I expected, which makes me happy because I love the show and uh, I I can't say that last season was my favorite. So I was kind of like, oh no, you know, it's kind of starting to go downhill a little bit. But this this season has been really really good. I think it's it's either 11 or 12. So is it fair to say that they've been around for about six or seven years? Because I know that in the U.S. we have always spring season and fall season, which makes it about two seasons per year. 
It, it actually, so they've been around, let's say, eight years, maybe? They, they started in 2011. Oh, so, 2011. Uh, yeah, so they... That's uh, 11 years already. 11 years. It's been 11 years. So this is actually the season 13. So I was completely wrong. So season 13. Yo. This is season okay, 13. So. Lucky 13. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to catch up, man. I have got to catch up. Yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. I just I just love it. I had some great guest stars uh, the, this last episode. They actually... Because there's always a song in Bob's Burgers. There is always a song. And an original song. And this last episode was... They actually... <laughs> Billy Idol is 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 referenced quite a bit in the episode, and at the end of the episode, the song they actually got Billy Idol to sing the song, which I think was just fantastic. So <laughs> it was it's, it's hilarious because he he sings it so tongue in cheek. It's fantastic. Oh, that's 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 funny stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What have you been watching? Are you uh, are you still watching the Korean shows? And yo, yeah, I haven't been able to stop. Uh huh. And so I've I've gone through over the last few days since the last time we did the show. I think I've gone through two shows. One was a sixteen episode one, and the other one was a twenty episode one. And I think probably I would have stopped by now watching Korean shows, except that there are very few things that I watch that I get into that my wife actually likes. Mm. So as I've mentioned before, if I start something and she starts watching it and starts complaining, this is stupid. This is <laughs> this is not good. I don't know why you watch this. Uh, it can, it, sometimes I stay with it just because, okay, I like it myself, so <laughs> get out of here. But sometimes it kind of bums me out. So I'm like, oh, okay, maybe you're right. So, But the, the Korean shows, actually. So just to give you an idea, one day we were talking, she was at work, and she told me, oh, I wish I had stayed home and just watched this Korean show. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> nice. So you are into something here, aren't you? <laughs> Got you her know? hooked. That's good. Yes, yes, yes. But I've got, so the the one before the last I watched was called uh, 100 Days, My Prince. And again, those, those Korean shows are a combination of romance and history and martial arts. They have everything. Mm -hmm. But again, I think I, I poached about three songs in there for my playlist in but I think I've got about 23 songs already on my playlist. And so that was, I think it was about a 16 episode, three really beautiful songs that I actually liked. And so I Shazam and boom, put on my playlist. Then after that, I watched one called uh, Rookie Historian Gu, Gu Hairung. So... It's it's also a beautiful little show, but this one, it kind of takes you a minute to get into it because there are a lot of comedic elements to it that until you get the groove of it, you kind of don't get it. And then after after a while, you kind of get accustomed to, the, to those, those characters that are like particularly designed to be comedic. And so you get into it and you realize, oh, 
again, a combination of all of those things that I said before, plus a little bit of, you know, ridicule in comics. So, so it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And of course, I finished, I think the last time we spoke, I talked about The Alchemy of Souls, mm-hmm. which is by far, I would say, maybe the best one I've seen. The Alchemy of Souls has a bit of uh, science fiction to it. And so this is what makes it way much more interesting. So the first season is on Netflix, but the second season actually, because The Alchemy of Souls is not a new show. Uh, I think it was, it's, it's a 2019 maybe, but second season now premieres in December. And so it was a good time for me to have watched Alchemy of Souls because now I'm ready for season two. Yeah. And when I tell you I cannot wait, I cannot wait for Alchemy of Souls season two. But yeah, I'm having fun, Jeju. It's it, I uh, encourage you <laughs> to watch at least one of those, man. If you watch one of those, one of those, you'll get hooked. Where? And I, I, I fear that I've not do it a lot of uh, the greatest favors by talking about sometimes, you know, the corniness of the overly romantic power ballads and the watching in the distance and walking about and stuff. But the thing is that you get used to these things and it, it becomes it, it becomes part of it and you're like, oh, this is an essential element of it and why not? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just I just want you to watch one and, and tell me what you think to be what you think to be honest. Okay. <laughs> where where can we find them? Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Netflix. I I haven't watched anything out of Netflix, but of course there's a whole library of stuff. So Vicky is a an, an app strictly of Korean drama. You know, some of it is for free and some of it's you can also buy a membership. But I thought to myself, well, why get a membership to Viki when there's so much on, on Netflix I haven't watched? So I'm doing that. And maybe if I get to a point where there are things on Netflix that I'm no longer interested in for whatever reason, then I'll probably go through Viki. But, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm, I, have, I have favorite actors and shit that I'm looking around and <laughs> looking for and stuff. And it, it's really cool, man. It's really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 Jojo. So just, just find one, watch it, and tell me what you think. Because I think, I think there's something there, man. There's something there. <laughs> I trust you. I trust you. So, yeah, I just... <laughs> All right, Jojo, so let's talk about this show, Blockbuster, and I am going to ask you to do the magic of sort of like putting, you know, synopsizing this show for us, and then we'll, we'll, go, we'll go from there, right? All right, sounds good. All right. So this is the story of the last Blockbuster video store in the United States. Not a true story, but <laughs> I guess sort of based on true events. And it is a, a sitcom office humor type show. Each episode's about less than half an hour. And it is about the the owner of the, the last store just trying to stay open 
and there's a little bit, of course, of romantic chemistry going on, and then there's the rest of the crew that that hangs out at the store or uh, is employees of the store, and uh, it's just a comedy about a kind of a, a doomed environment and uh, trying to keep your head above water. Yes, and I think I think that's the best way to put it. Really, like the, the, there's there's a lot more about this show to be honest with you, but it, it, there's no point in going into all of the details because that's exactly where it fits. I have to say, for instance, I personally, I love the premise of the show and I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea because we all know that there is in fact an, an actual last blockbuster somewhere. I think it's somewhere in Alaska or I, something like that. I think so, I think it's still open. Yes. And so, so that is a good idea. I love it. So, so the idea is not a terrible one. Now, I, for some reason, the show itself is very good. But as I was saying before, there is an element of, it's, it's almost as if network TV have the magic. Network TVs have the magic of sitcom. And it doesn't seem to me that is something that streaming that streaming platforms quite get. And I don't know what it is. Do you think you know, Jojo? I don't think I know, but I, I have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory that it's it's based on pacing. My theory is that networks know, and it's been this way forever, that you've got to have this show and you've got to have it uh, every week. And you've got to have it at a particular time and you are going to, uh, you have to have this show one way or the other. So you're going to have, you know, your staff, you're going to have your producers, you're going to have everybody ready to go. And, you know, you don't make the whole season at once. You, it, it, it comes out every week and, and everybody works, you know, for, for months making it and, and putting it on the air. So it's not quite real time, you know, it's not quite live, like in the days of Lucy, but it's, it's a little, uh, I love Lucy, but it's a little closer to that. So I, I kind of think there's a, a sense of urgency. And in that also in network, you still have the news element because they still have newsrooms in most of the networks and uh, they still have news folks and producers that will move from the news side over into production of, of, of shows. So, you know, I, I, I that's just my theory is that, that te television network television has kind of an edge in that they, you know, they don't, they know they don't have unlimited time. They don't have an unlimited budget and um, they're going to, make this work because it's not like they can just because to, to cancel a show on network <laughs> is a big deal you know yeah. so it's they're they are they are going to have done a lot of work and a lot of prep work to make sure that this goes okay so to just straight up cancel a show for the season is over really tells you how crappy the show is doing so uh, i i think that i think that might be part of it that's just my theory though because i know that streaming services like Netflix, for example, releases everything at once, which is fantastic. But at the same time, I don't think it really gives a chance to kind of work the characters out over a real time, if you will, because a network sitcom, those people are getting together and working every week, every month for the whole season, you know, and then 
they take their summer break and then they come back and they're working in real time. So they're developing relationships with each other as opposed to say a Netflix sitcom or a Netflix movie, you know, where you just get together and you shoot this thing in a couple of weeks and that's it. So, um, cause I think we've all seen series of things that have been network related where the first season maybe wasn't the best of a sitcom, but then you know, it was still funny. You're good, but maybe it wasn't the best. And then, you know, like by like year or two or three, you're like, oh gosh, you know, the, the cast is really melded and the worker, uh, the writers all know each other and, and that kind of thing. That's just, but like I said, that's my theory. Yeah. Um, and, and I support this theory because I, I, I was thinking about it when, when I was watching the show, I started thinking, how many sitcoms have failed through Netflix? And also, they don't seem to fail as much on Hulu. And it got me thinking, well, the thing about Hulu is that Hulu will take stuff from network TV mm-hmm. and then just almost in a simultaneous fashion put it out there for those who don't do network TV. But all the network TV element stays within it. And that's what I think. So I think about one day at a time, for instance. I think about, um, you know, Fuller House or or, or whatever. A, a whole lot of sitcoms that, that Netflix has tried to do. And it just seems like once the, the first season comes out, then people is like, eh, At least for me, that's the case. So here's what I think happens. I think the thing thing about sitcoms is that it inevitably becomes a water cooler type of situation for everyone involved. Because we're used to catchphrases that come out of, of sitcoms. We are used to relationships that blossom through sitcoms. And... It becomes a thing that we we get used to waiting for every week. And even though I am not a fan of streaming platforms releasing weekly episodes of things, I actually think that it would be beneficial for Netflix to get into this thing of if it is a sitcom, why not release it on a weekly basis? The reason I say this is because I've binge-watched sitcoms on Netflix but they are not Netflix produced sitcoms. Right. Last summer, I binge watched all the seasons to Community, and I liked it. But it still had the the TV sitcom element that I'm talking about. And on Hulu, of course, you can choose not to have ads on Hulu. But again, when you watch, I don't know, Reservoir Dogs on Hulu or or. Uh, how I Met Your Father, which is another sitcom produced by Hulu or FX or whatever, you still get that. And I don't know what it is about Netflix that they can't seem to get that. It, it's even, I don't feel like the lighting is right. It's too filmy. Yeah, I agree you with know? that. I agree with that. It, yep. It, it's too filmy. It's too cinematic. Yeah. It doesn't have the homely almost didn't get made type of feeling that you get from sitcoms. And I think in that respect, it it worked in detriment of this particular show, because here's the thing. The premise of this show is good. The cast is good. 
And I like a whole lot of things about it. I like the, the, the sense of kind of like the office meet a superstore. What was it? A retail store thing that I think it was super, America Ferreira is it? I think it was Superstore, wasn't it? Superstore? I think, I think like, so. yeah. yeah, like there's, a, there's that vibe. Yeah. And we all grew to like these people in a way. You know, we're all still big fans of the office community and all that. And all that vibe is there. But I wonder if something could be different if there is a next season to the show and Netflix, Netflix decided, you know what, let's release this show on a weekly basis because it's not like Netflix hasn't tried that model before. Mm -hmm. I mean, whenever they've done shows that are similar to late night TV shows and things like that, they do it on a weekly basis. Hassan Minaj, Chelsea Handler. I mean, it's not like they can't do it. What I think they want, what I would suggest they do is first bring in people from network TV who probably know what the sauce, what the missing sauce is, you know, insert those people into the production of the shows and then create a weekly model and maybe, maybe something about it. Because this show, if it does not made that way, I think it's going to fail. And it's not the show's fault. Remember, I told you that when we were chatting yeah. about it. It's not the, the, the show's fault. What do you think? Yeah, I agree because, like you said, the premise is great. There is some good writing possibilities going on here. There, I like the the cast for the most part. I, I like the characters. and I, But I agree with you that something is off, something is wrong. I don't know if it's – you said something that about Hulu, you know, about ads. And I do wonder if it's possibly pacing too because, you know, like Hulu is still making things with – advertising in mind. So there's going to be a, a, an editing mindset of, okay, we're going to have a break at this point, And that can be a, that can be used for, to make a cinematic point or a, a storyline point or a plot point or whatever you want to call it. So I don't, I don't know if that's it, but yeah, like, like, I feel like this show could have been like a big hit if ABC had made it. Yes. Yes. ABC, NBC, you know, CBS is not particularly very good at, at that, except for when they do find something that's good, like you know. When they get it right, uh, they get it right, but it doesn't happen when they very get often. It right. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but I think again, we I think we are onto something here because also there could be that could be the the issue. The network TV sitcoms, obviously each segment lasts about seven minutes and you laugh <laughs> boom 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 but you get a moment to kind of like regroup with the commercials or whatever happens and then boom and the even when there is no commercials they kind of introduce you to the next segment with just those little tritonal bang 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 yeah you get like a little pause Thingy. and a little like a, a brain cue to be like okay something yes. we're going to a new chapter now <laughs> exactly exactly and that doesn't happen with this it comes created by by netflix and so what it feels like for the most part is that the actors are working extra hard to deliver those lines 
to either make you laugh or to make you feel what is happening there. And so you don't have that intermission moment that network TV sitcoms offer. And again, the thing is, when you translate network TV sitcoms onto Netflix or Hulu or something like that, those pauses exist even if you you don't insert commercials there, but they exist. And it gives you the sense that you are moving on, again, to another chapter. Netflix doesn't seem to do that. And also, I don't understand why, if canned laughter is such an important element of sitcoms, even though we know that the public is not there or whatever, some of them are, why not do that, you know? Why not? Yeah, I, I actually was going to say that because it, there there are still shows that are that are filmed in front of a live studio audience. And some of the best sh- sitcoms that ever existed that, you know, going back were always recorded in front of a live studio audience. And right. I think that the actors, too, of of those that are playing in front of a live studio audience there's there's going to be a different energy there and there's going to be a different you know like improvisation improv work and different there's just going to be a difference to that so yeah you know that may be part of it too and like you said even if you know canned laughter is you know kind of like a oh what you know a bad thing to do well then in that case your netflix you could probably afford a live studio audience yes. you you probably have yes. enough people working from home that could watch it on zoom so jesus yes 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 <laughs> so uh, if it added you know if it added an, uh, this missing element this 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 sauce as you called it which i liked and made a show successful and and added that extra spark then then for heaven's sakes why not but but yeah i um yeah i agree something something's just just missing and it's just a little bland yeah and all of this is to say that if you watch this show if you watch blockbuster and you feel like something is amiss it's not the show's fault because it's actually a very good show i feel like randall park is very good at this and i've seen randall park both doing really dramatic stuff in in comedic stuff in Randall Park is an, an absolutely consummated actor. Yes, he's fantastic. Uh, he's great and he's a lovable dude too. Like I, I when I see Randall Park, I want to smile. <laughs> so so he's very good at this, but you can feel that his delivery his work in extra and everybody else, JB Smooth, who's also JB, you can believe everything JB Smooth does in any comedy show. He's a he can be a sleazebag, he can be a doctor, he can be uh, whatever you want him to be, and and it works. And I think there's a fantastic chemistry between JB Smooth and Randall Park, and there's a fantastic chemistry among the entire cast. So there's no reason this shouldn't work, except for. The, the the things that we've talked about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um so talk to me about this show. What 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 are your favorite things about it and what things you feel like could be frowned upon? Um I like I like Randall Park. I like his performance. I, I think he does a good job with it. I think some of the writing is a little um 
I don't know what the correct, quite the right word is, but a little, a little, a little hard, trying too hard maybe, or, or pushing too hard. But at the same time, there are some lines that are just flat out hilarious in this and they're just delivered incredibly well by the cast that does them so you know it's not 100 percent bad writing just just a few things that could be could be cleaned up i and perhaps perhaps jojo Mm -hmm. if if after those lines were delivered there was a bit of laughter it could probably fix some of the awkwardnesses exactly exactly (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i think so i i i like the character of connie i think that she is she's i think the actress who plays connie is fantastic and i think connie as a character is probably a little overlooked or, or she could have she could be she, I think, was written to be very cliched, but the, the actress who plays her does not play her that way. And I, I love the way that the actress plays Connie, and I love the the accent that she, she drops every so often when she's talking, yes. when she was talking yes. about telenovelas, telenovelas and that kind of thing. And, and she dropped into the proper accent. I was like, well, I know Graham's going to like that. <laughs> but it also made me be like, okay, yes, she feels like a real person, you know? So, yes. so that was great. And the character of Hannah as this sort of sweet summer child is, is, you know, Hannah is, she's just adorable and sweet. She's and I, freaking hilarious. I, I think all of us at some point have known someone, if not with all of those qualities, has known someone with Hannah-esque qualities. So. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So there, there's a lot to like in this show. There's, there's more to like than to hate. And like, like I just wish, I, I do wish that a, a network had picked it up. Uh, honestly, ABC is the first one that came to mind and it just feels like it would be a good ABC show. And you know what? Rundle Park has a good relationship with ABC, given the fact that, you know, Fresh of the Boat, I think, was on a- a- ABC. Wasn't it uh, Fresh of the Boat? Was it Fresh of the Boat from ABC? I am um, not entirely sure. I'm sorry. It was it was him and uh, Constance Wu. Yeah, Fresh of the Boat. Let me see. Yeah, I think it was on ABC. Wasn't it? Yeah, ABC. It was on for six seasons. On uh, was produced by Twentieth Century Fox for ABC. Yeah. So so there's a relationship there, but again. I, I'm I'm not against Netflix having the show, but I just think that they could do a bit more to make it um, to make it more homely and less cinematic or whatever it is. I don't uh, I don't think they understand sitcom. I just don't don't think they get sitcom series for whatever reason. Yeah, that could be the case. Um, so let's actually talk about the cast here because the surprising things thing perhaps about the show is actually the cast, right? Um, so we have Melissa Fumero as uh, what? What is her name? Eliza. Eliza. Yeah. Yes. To be honest with you, I wasn't. I was kind of not championing Eliza with Timmy for some reason. I don't know why. I think like when 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 Timmy found this new girl, I was like, 
I think Timmy belongs here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, everything felt a bit too slanted for me. And it was like, I don't know if I like them better as friends. And it, it would be awkward for me as a viewer if they got into a whole relationship. I think I think they both should just date other people. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that is a part of the show I, I did not like. I didn't like the sort of forced relationship, uh, romantic relationship that was being pushed between them. I, I can't say I particularly enjoyed the performance of the actress who played Eliza. I don't know, something about it just kind of didn't do it for me. I didn't really feel any chemistry between her and Randall Park or she and Randall Park. So I don't know, like you said, it just, I, they were better as friends and the, it writing wise, story wise, it's more interesting to have them as friends than romantic interests in my opinion. Yeah. I think I don't, I, you're right in the sense that it's true that there was something about the, the character that the actress didn't quite grasp, but I don't necessarily think that it's her fault as an actress, but rather the character itself is a bit, I don't know, bland. Yeah, and the writing there is a little bit She seemed lacking. to have worked particularly harder to make this character work. Yeah. And it and you could feel it. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It just, and it just, it just, to me, for me, it didn't work. I just didn't, didn't care for. <laughs> yeah. I appreciated the effort, but. Um, the character of, of Randall Park, I feel, it seems to me that Randall Park sort of like edited this character a bit more than the way it was written, because otherwise it would have been another cliche Asian-American character. And Randall Park kind of like, did, nope, that's that's not going to happen here. You know, even though there were, there were some big cliche, the overbearing Korean parents and blah, blah, blah. Some cliches you just can't away from, can't run away from because that's that's the way it is. Not necessarily stereotypical, but you know, it's it's how do you have a Haitian character that's not bragging about Haitian music and Haitian food? Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like it's just these things make the character a bit real, even when stereotypical. So in that respect. But there's a lot more about the character that I think Randall Park rejected and sort of like made something better out of it. Do you think I'm overthinking this? No, I don't. I don't think so at all because I don't see him being involved in something that, or allowing himself to be involved in something where they were just uh, basically, you know throwing stereotypes and, 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 and that kind of thing. So, but I do think based on the writing of some of the other characters that it probably did start out that way. And Randall Park was like, yeah, yeah no, let's not go that way. <laughs> let's not yes, go in that direction. Just don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. If you want let's, me, let's do that if, if you want me to be involved, let, let me, let's, let's have, let's bring in this writer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh, what did you think of the character of Carlos? Which it's weird because in the beginning they started calling this character Lowe's. And then all of a sudden they dropped the whole Lowe's and they flat out started calling him Carlos and never called him Lowe's any ever again. 
So I don't know if somebody figured out this is not working. Let's just change that. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what happened there either. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of Tyler Alvarez playing Carlos? What what do you think of this character? Um, I I honestly don't this is terrible, but I don't really have much of an opinion one way or the other. He didn't really stand out for me as in either way. How about you? <laughs> I, 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 I think that there could be more of this character than everything they attempted for him to be. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, it's a character that tells you bits of, of, of a story, but not an entire story. Not like, not a story that kind of like comes together in, in, in functions. When you attempt to figure out his background you don't quite get it other than he's the child of immigrants and he's studying accounting when he really wants to be a filmmaker yeah but that to me is slightly cliche in the sense that the generation where in which he belongs is not necessarily the child of immigrant generation that is doing what mom and dad said mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah you're right maybe maybe my generation or even some of the earlier born millennials decided yeah I'm just gonna do what my parents want but not his generation he, you know he seemed like in the, the character itself is an either late 90s early 2000s character they're doing shit because mom and dad said so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. If you, okay, so if you can come out to you, to your immigrant parents as bisexual, there's no way you, you, you're having qualms about telling them that you don't want to be an accountant and all you want to be is a filmmaker. Because this is the era of fucking Alfonso Cuaron and, <laughs> you know, it, like like these people have seen Hollywood big Hollywood filmmakers, you know, Alejandro Gonzalez Iñari too. And like, they'll be like, yeah, go make your dream come true. Like the whole idea of like, oh, if you're a child of immigrant, you don't get to have dreams. Maybe that was true at one point for one generation, for a few generations, but not the generations that, you know, Carlos belongs to. And I'm not saying, I'm not, maybe I'm generalizing a little bit, but that's what I'm trying to say here is that it's just that for a kid his age in terms of the character, that doesn't necessarily seem to be the, the case. Uh, that makes, that's it for me. That makes perfect sense. It would be more sense if they were talking about the, the Timmy character, the Randall Park character. You know, yes, that would fit yes. more for him. But yeah, no, I agree with that 100% because it's just, yeah, it was kind of like they just threw a lot of stuff at the wall, as you said, and tried to make a person out of it and it just didn't come out very well yeah no no but i you know i love the actor i I think he's he's really good he has some really good lines okay (laughs) do you want me to tell you what was my favorite what was your favorite line let's start with what line stood with you and it like you had to pose this thing and laugh it well (laughs) for me it was um Oh gosh, I'm gonna. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was when Car- Connie was asking um, 
uh, Eliza, Eliza, what she was going to be doing for the night. And, oh, she, yes. and it was like, she was going to be watching TV and, and eating a, a sandwich. And Connie was like, that's the best night of your life. What is your worst? <laughs> but then she was like, they were going to be watching what was basically squid games, but whatever the name of the show that they gave to, <laughs> I just busted out laughing because it was just fantastic. It was Trout Royale. That's Trout, it. Trout Royale. Royale was <laughs> fantastic. I'm like, okay, that, that is that is perfect trout royale like that's almost better than squid games <laughs> dude yes yes trout royale it was a korean show yes yes i'm like oh man man it's a shame that got taken i totally watched that show <laughs> dude someone has to come up with a trout royale yes, man trout royale yes I, I just, okay. that, that lost me. I, I cackled for quite a while over that. <laughs> so it seems like both of our favorite lines came off of, of, of Connie because <laughs> he, Hannah was saying something completely outrageous. And she said, <laughs> I find white ladies boring, but not you. <laughs> Like, oh my god, that is awesome. <laughs> oh god, I laughed at that one too. I find mice, but most scenes... white ladies, but yes, it's just pure of heart. Just I find most white ladies so boring, but not you. But not you. <laughs> I was like, yo, I, I have to use this line, even if it's with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> this show is so. So I'm sorry. I'm she's freaking a, crying. Over. She's such a fantastic actress. I she brought so much to that character. Oh God! Because yes, Connie yes. could have been Connie could have been just lost in the weeds there. But um, I I I'm, I'm gonna mispronounce her name. Is it is it Ogle o, Olga Meredes Meredes Olga Meredes Meredes Okay. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Olga Meredith. She and by the way, she is. She's been around for a long time. She's been on on a lot of things, including she had like a fantastic role in in the Heights, yes. that big HBO movie, which was the very first off Broadway production of Lin Manuel Miranda back in the day. And also, I think she was on uh, One Step at a Time. Oh no, no, was was she no? No, I don't think so. It was... Uh, Let's see. It looks like she was in Orange is the New Black. Um, yes. She was on a show called Bounty Hunters. She, she's she been on many, many things. She's on, she was on an after-school special from in, in 1995. That's fantastic. That makes me happy. She, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, she is, she is something else. She's... Yeah, I love this lady... I've seen her and everything, and I think I want to say that she's. Oh, well, she was in Encanto. Uh, she was Abuela Alma Madrigal in Encanto, as uh, the singing voice. Yeah, man. I mean, she's 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 some. I think she's the best casting <laughs> in this show because her lines are awesome. She delivers them like like no one else can, and. Uh, 
yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to see more of her because she's she, she's the, the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. She is she is good. Um, what did you think? Well, Madeline Arthur played Hannah, and yeah, I, I thought she was a ginger for real. <laughs> she's not. <laughs> <laughs> But the character is so ginger. <laughs> <laughs> she she was very good in this. I, I liked good. her. I liked her in this. Well, she's was in the she was in the series that you um you were watching for a bit, the Snowpiercer Snowpiercer. Weren't you watching Snowpiercer? No, you're watching Hannah. No. Hannah. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. But she was in she's been acting for a while to be so young. She's been uh uh, a, a little kid X-Files yeah. and all kinds of stuff yeah I mean she's uh, do you know what I like about her character is that she's one of those characters that you feel there's something more to her than the dumb little ginger mm-hmm. like she might wind up being you know smarter than everyone else except that she just hasn't fully discovered her own potential or something like that because you can tell that there's a lot more to her than, than, than that and i think her uh madeline arthur as an um, as the actress who portrays hannah has done quite the good job at portraying someone who you probably don't feel like you should you should just box in the oh she's the dumb one right. in the show but rather eh, yeah. There's, there are more layers from her that you can peel off, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think of Kamaya Fairburn as Kayla, the <laughs> the absolutely insufferable teenage girl who hates everybody, including, well, her parents are first in line. <laughs> she's, she, yeah, she's. Um, what I had a word and uh, an adjective in mind and it, it went poof, but yeah, she's, she's fierce. She's, um, she's, she's, I, 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 I did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she, she's good in it. She is good. She's, uh, English. It looks like she was raised in Toronto, the actress, but yeah, her her character, she played a, um, an insufferable teen very well. Yes, yes, yes. And then and then and then you sh- you come to realize they actually have some love inside them. And like you know, they play these shallow characters and stuff and then all of a sudden you realize oh, they actually care. They just they just hate showing that they care. Yeah. And it almost that they're mad at the fact that they care. Mm-hmm. You know. Um she 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 did a great job with that. Yeah. She, you know. She did. Uh, JB Smooth, of course, like I said, this dude can play anything. You can just throw him. You know, I did feel like he delivers his line lines a bit. Um, I feel that he's got a great chemistry with Randall Park, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have that much of a chemistry with the actress who plays his daughter. No, so I, I agree. Their interactions are a bit awkward mm-hmm. and not in the sense of awkward between a father who's walking on eggshell around his teenage daughter, but rather it just doesn't feel like there's a rapport, there's a, a parental relationship. Like the father-daughter thing doesn't seem to make it for these two actors, and I don't know why. 
I agree. I, I, I didn't feel it either. So I'm not sure. But yeah. But I do love JB Smooth. I freaking love JB. <laughs> dude has been around forever. And Fantastic name, it, too. It's like, the, yeah. <laughs> smooth. Smooth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Right. So, again, this is a fantastic little sitcom. And I hope that somewhere, somebody in the Netflix sphere. <laughs> discovers this discussion that we've had and realize, yeah, maybe these two podcasters might have a point and maybe we should apply some of this because, like I said, it's not a bad show. It's just the fact that it's on Netflix, maybe. Yeah. The problem here. Yeah. I think, I honestly think that's 100% it. I, uh, I think that with some network TV pizzazz and uh, a little bit of cleaned up writing that, um, you know, it could, it could be great. Fantastic. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. And I know you are too, George, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. So um, we have arrived to the end of the show. Please be aware that we probably will be changing very soon the publishing date days of our of our show so if you are accustomed to receiving kicking and streaming the podcast on tuesdays we will let you know with anticipation what day that's going to be it's most likely going to be either wednesday or thursday but there's going to be a slight a slight change in terms of the delivery of the show but other than that nothing else will change uh, we're still going to be coming every week as much as we can and giving you some ideas of what you could watch and why we like it and why we think it's worth watching. Right, Jojo? That's right. If you would like to find us on social media, we are on Twitter and on Instagram. We also have a Facebook group if you still do Facebook. But on Twitter and on Instagram, we are kicking and streaming underscore podcast. And you can find Jojo on instagram as kns co-host that is kns co-host meanwhile for me you'll find me on instagram and on twitter as mr putzetta that's m-r-p-u-z-z-e-t-t-a we have had quite a bit of fun talking about this show we hope you watch it and like it and tell us what you what you think by going to our website which is kickinandstreamingpodcast.com Leave us a note, or also you can send us a voice note. There is a way to do that on our website if you look for it. It's a little microphone. You'll find it. Right, Georgia? That's right. And while you're on our website, if you feel like buying us a coffee, you can do that too. Just click on the little button and you can make a contribution. Now that, you know, the Christmases are approaching, you know, we'll take what you got if you're willing to give it. Yes. We'll thank you in advance for that, right? Absolutely, 100%. Well then, we want to thank you for watching. We want to thank you for listening. This is for me and for Jojo. This is goodbye. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. 
So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.